in Kansas anymore. You have my curiosity. Are you telling me that you built a time machine? The force will be with you. Welcome back to Get Real, the podcast where we get real about all of our favourite pop culture films and TV shows. I am your normal co-host, Chris. You could say the the blueprint for my estranged co-host. It's not my normal co-host. This one's a a clone that we made from a factory. Uh, He's got some weird, interesting quirks, like also being ginger like me. Uh, It's Richard. Hello, everybody. I'm Richard. I am the host of the Get Real Gaming podcast. It's the sister podcast to uh, Get Real, where we talk about the latest video game news and releases. And I am taking over for Sam today, as he can't be here. So thanks for having me on, Chris. It's nice to be here. It's so good to have you. That was such a smooth intro, bro. That was professional. I heard you turn it on. It was great. (laughs) The switch. Like we said. Sam cannot be here today. Unfortunately, life got busy, but congratulations, Sam. Um, I'm not going to say why at the moment, but you can say that next time if he wants. (laughs) Life gets busy sometimes, you know, and shit's got to be done. But we've got Richard here. uh, Great guy. Massive Star Wars fan. So it works for our cloning metaphor. The Bad Batch launched for Star Wars Day 2021. May the 4th be with you, everybody. Um, Yeah. So we are still going to do some... A quick bit of trailers and news and stuff like that. But first of all, we're going to do, Richard, our world-famous segment. Oh, yeah. W-Y-B-W. What you been watching? Oh, what I've been watching. Well, Chris, I'm glad you asked, because you will also be the expert on on this other subject that I've been watching. Avatar, The Legend of Aang. Uh, What's it? Wait, The Last Airbender. There you go. We got the whole title in again. There we go. <laughs> I always struggle with it. Every time I try to say it. It's a mouthful. I don't even think honest. I got it the right way around. What is it? Is it Avatar, The Last Airbender, the le- or is it the Avatar, le- The Legend of yeah. Aang, The Last Airbender? Uh, Which way around uh, is it? I'm trying to remember what the animated version is because the live action throws me off as well. I think it's Avatar, The Last Airbender, The Legend of Aang. Yeah. I okay. think it is its full name. Whereas the sequel is Avatar, The Legend of Korra. A lot easier to say. Yeah, well, you, when you said it then, it sounded right. So we'll go with that because... <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think in about a week and a half, I've smashed the entire show. So um, I did watch a lot of it when I was a kid, but I can't remember if I actually finished mm. it. So I sat down and we watched the whole thing um, and it was awesome. It's so good and really just... It's really clever and all the, the, the element fighting is very cool. Some of it reminded me of a little bit Dragon Ball Z, which was nice. Mm. But whereas Dragon Ball Z is very just like, you know, it's all just like energy beams and yeah, there's it's just lasers fighting everywhere. In Avatar, it's Kamehameha. really... Yeah, but in Avatar, it's really smart because there's so much more mm-hmm. you can do with like a particular element, like water can turn to ice and you can use ice to freeze things and freeze people and, and do all other things with. And just the way that all the characters ended up using the elements and, and as the show... We got further and further along. They were getting smarter and learning more and figuring out they could do more cool stuff. It was such a cool show. By the end of it, it's just like all coming together. It's a really good show. Yeah, I think like for a kid show in the early 2000s on Nickelodeon and stuff like that, we didn't really see character development like we did in that. And also the animation quality, especially in that final season, was absolutely stunning. Like the fight against the Fire Lord, like you said, so such interesting uses of powers like using fire to obviously 
heat the air underneath you and lift you as well as you've got airbenders using air to carry them and lift them so you've got this epic like three-dimensional fight you've got like amazing perspective warps and stuff like that like there's a shot i remember there's a shot of it starts off of ang and it spins all the way around behind him and it's done amazingly in 2d like in western animation we just didn't see camera movements like that and it works so well like nowadays they would do that in 3d and it would be a lot easier to do but back then like they did it every frame by hand and it looked amazing yeah and yeah like you said like the merge of like western and anime and stuff like that it was actually done by a korean animation house um right who also do a lot of um anime stuff as well they're one of the outlets for a few anime companies um so yeah it's interesting that you said that it's so good i yeah, love that man. series and have you started legend of Korra yet the sequel so today we watched the first episode of the legend of Korra, and i just kind of thought this is definitely so much different and it didn't really grab me the first episode but we'll i'll continue i'll push on but um it was it definitely mm-hmm. didn't feel the same i just thought uh, it's an instant modernization and there's this big contrast between like the modern world and then the ancient ways and clashing immediately and uh yeah. it's very jarring considering the the whole of like avatar the uh, legend of ang you're really like taking on a journey of the spiritualization of the elements and stuff and that's what you really love about mm-hmm. that show so it's a real throw-off to just instantly be like it's kind of like new york but their, their version of like a modern day New York with all of their yeah, civil I think, problems. I think their inspiration was Hong Kong and New York mixed together. I think right. was the inspiration for it. Yeah, yeah, you can definitely see the New York in it. It is definitely like, yeah, it's very much like New York in the late 1800s, early 1900s. It is really cool. I think the themes that it, it explores, especially as it goes through the show, are very interesting. Like, the first season, I think it started off a little bit slow, but they were trying to like reset up the world. But the first season's sort of like um, an allegory for race and stuff like that. So you've got uh, benders versus non-benders and stuff like that. Yeah. And it gets really interesting. It gets like quite deep because whereas Ang was aimed towards like kids in like the early like ten to thirteen years old, um, Legend of Korra is definitely aimed for like. 13 to 16 year olds i think so they explore um a few more interesting topics like fascism and stuff like that and um especially like the last two seasons are so deep and stuff like that um so i think it's definitely worth sticking with it if you can get through the first handful of episodes yeah yeah i think i yeah i'm gonna stick with it because i i did love even just to stick around for the fighting with the elements and stuff like that i Mm. love that so much and the way that they do that that i'm Happy to kind of just stick along with uh, with Cora, but Chris, yeah. what did you watch this week? Well, this week I watched a few things in preparation of recording the podcast, and then we remembered it was May the fourth, and the Bad Batch was coming out. Oh, so yeah. I watched No Man Land, uh, Nomad Land. I don't know if I said that right. Then uh-huh. um, that is the obviously the winner of Best Picture, Best Leading Actress, Best Director, Best pretty much everything in most award shows. It's the um, most pretty much of everything the most award award goes to Nomadland. Very good. It, it was. The most film film of the year the goes be- to the best <laughs> film, which we think is Nomadland. The best um, film, the only film, Nomadland. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I think it was definitely worth the praise. 
I understand why a few people who go there looking for story might not be 100% sold on it, because it's not a big narratively driven film. It's very slow and introspective. I think I put it on our Twitter, I called it melancholic. Um, And it is introspective. It makes you think about your place in the world and where where you fit into things and it's very slow and quiet um, and it makes you appreciate the world around you a bit more and how you interact with the world and stuff like that. Um, basically, the lead character, her town, um, which is actually based on true story, um, mm. her town gets shut down completely because like the, the big factories and stuff like that all get shut down. So this entire town, they worked and like we're all funded by like these factories and stuff like that. So that gets shut down like before the film starts and her husband has since passed away as well. So her house, basically they all get kicked off the land and everything like that. So she's now living in a van and she decides to become a nomad and like travel the country, getting odd jobs and stuff like that so that she can, she can travel around in her van, be who she wants to be and find her place. Um, and everything like that, and it's more about the people that she meets along the way, um, and they've all got their own stories, who are actually real-life people telling their real-life stories, which is amazing. Wow. Um, yeah, so- it, it was absolutely incredible, and it is worthy of everything. It's not massively, like like I said, like it's not one solid narrative, like you're finding out about people's lives, and it is more to make you think about your life and stuff like that. Um, so you said it was based on a true story, but is it so is it fictional, but with real people telling real stories in it, in a documentary type way? Or is it all a documentary? Or is it all fictional? Or like the setup so of things is... I'm fi- not sure about the... I'm not sure about the lead character, whether she is 100% real. But I mean, the town of Empire where she lived and stuff like that, What that was all real. And this is based off a book. I don't know if it's an autobiography. I'm not entirely sure. I would have to look into that. Oh, it's um, based on a book? So basically, Francis... Yeah, Francis right. McDormand is um is playing this character who was from Empire and like I said the stuff with Empire really happened and this character if it is a character or whether it's real or not. I see. So but she she like while they were filming it Chloe Zhao and uh Francis McDormand and the crew and stuff like that did travel around as nomads and they met just other nomads on the road and they became the supporting cast telling their stories. There's only two actors in this there's her and the man who plays Sam, I can't remember his name. He's from like the Wild River with um, Meryl Streep and stuff like that. I can't remember what his name is. You'll recognize his face if you saw him. Right. Um, so they're, they're like the only two actors in it. The rest of them are all real nomads, just like living their life and telling their stories and interacting with her. Like they didn't know that Frances McDormand was like a three-time Oscar-winning actress. When um, they were talking to they her, They thought yeah. she was just like this... Yeah, they thought she was another nomad on the road and stuff like that. Right. Um, which a few people have said is a little bit exploitative that they they were telling their stories and weren't getting paid and stuff like that. But we haven't heard anything like that. And we know that Chloe Zhao and Francis McDormand were supporting these communities while they were doing it. So I don't think it's necessarily exploitative. Um, I think it's more shining a light on like a hidden side of America that you don't see at all, ever. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Super interesting, phenomenal watch. Um, definitely worthy of the praise, but it might not be everybody's cup of tea. But Nomadland was incredible. Nice. So, wow. That was a lot of what we've been watching. It was. That was a nice 
It, you can't just breeze over Nomadland and Avatar, you know what I mean? Yeah. You've got to talk about them. Yeah, no, you can't just breeze uh, over Avatar. Right you then. also have to splash over Avatar and fire breathe over Avatar. You can't just do the one breathe. Yeah, you need to you need to kick up some rocks yeah. and uh, just throw some rocks. Yeah. Have you watched the live action Avatar yet? No, I haven't. Um, so... I, I know that your girlfriend absolutely hates it, um, but <laughs> you should watch it just as a fucking laugh. Now that you've seen it, watch it as a laugh because it's so terrible. The bending in it is awful. Oh my god, she doesn't really like Cora that much either, which uh, which does skew my opinion a little, but not like the worst, you know. Um. Yeah, it, it's it's fine. Um, and I, I know that she doesn't like it as much as Ang, but I think it's definitely worth a watch. It's a it's a different series, you know what I mean? Yeah. Don't go in there looking for Ang. Go in there looking for a new narrative type thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, Keep an open mind. Okay, then. So I'll do a super quick bit of trailers because there's only really been um, one trailer and then one that was kind of a trailer, which is a new story that we'll talk about. Okay. Um, so the first one, we got a final trailer for A Quiet Place Part 2. Um, oh. Have you watched A Quiet Place Part 1? I haven't, but I was going to bring up that there was A Quiet Place Part 2 trailer if you missed it because I thought about it. Yeah. So it's mostly footage that we've seen from the other trailers because obviously this has been pushed back by a year now. They wanted to make sure that it came out in cinemas. Um, So it's pretty much the same footage that we've already seen. Um, But this film does look great. The reason I wanted to talk about it more was because um, apparently Emily Blunt is in sort of arguments and obviously John Krasinski, her husband, who directed the film. uh, They're kind of butting heads with Paramount at the moment because Paramount... Um, are complaining about how much they've paid her now because it's only going to get a limited theatre run as opposed to obviously having a full typical right. cinema release that it would have done before the pandemic and stuff like that. So that's really interesting that they're doing this, especially with such a big name star like Emily Blunt and they've waited to keep this off streaming services at least for a little bit. I think it might be coming to Paramount streaming service in a couple weeks. Yeah. Um. After it releases, yeah, I thought that was really weird that they're now trying to contest yeah, somebody's wages for a film. It's not really her film... fault. It's not really her fault that the pandemic exactly. happened and they've decided to do what they've done with the film in terms of the release. So, yeah, I think it's because it's going on to one of their streaming services and stuff like that. Like they're not going to recoup as much money from it. I see. Um, is probably what it is. But like you said, that's not Emily Blunt's fault. When she signed her contract, obviously nobody was expecting the pandemic and stuff like that. So they really need to honor the contract. So Yeah, it sounds like a them problem, really. That sounds like a you problem, Paramount. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't go bringing Emily Blunt and John Krasinski down with you. Yeah, how dare you? Leave the invisible woman and maybe uh, Mr. Fantastic alone. Oh my goodness. <laughs> is that what this film's yeah. about? Uh, everyone... W- <laughs> no, everyone wants them to play them in the um in Fantastic Four and MCU. Ooh. Um that's like everybody's number one thing. That would probably Speaking make Speaking more... of the MCU. Oh go on. Oh, go on. I'm, say what you well, I was just gonna say that probably made me more interested in the Fantastic Four if if they were if they were part of it. So anyway, yeah, carry on. <laughs> yeah. Um so speaking of the MCU, we also had like a um I think they called it like a celebration of the MCU movies or something like that, um, which was basically they showed a run of obviously everything leading up to Black Widow, so the entire Infinity War saga and stuff like that. They showed some cool clips and stuff like that and saying like, 
uh, he had a beautiful voiceover from Stan Lee. Uh, it's one of his favorite uh, famous like speeches um, that he's gave at comic book panels and on interviews and stuff like that. Basically, like talk about hope and how these films bring us together and everything like that, and how Marvel is like representing the world outside a window, but with that like air of fantasism and uh, superheroes and stuff like that. It was really sweet. And then at the end, we got hit with some ooh, some tasty little footage of stuff, and also some new title reveals and release dates for all of Phase Four movies. Obviously, now that everything's been pushed around. Oh, so this so, all came from the trailer because this is the one trailer that I haven't watched yet. But it was, I was good. Yeah, it was on my list of like, I need to make sure I know what's happening. Yeah. So, um, the only real new stuff in there, we I think we had a couple new clips from Black Widow, which are just continuations of stuff that we've seen in the trailers. But we got footage from the Eternals finally. Um, so we saw some stuff set in the past and some set in the present. Uh, we had a look at Angelina Jolie summoning her um, ethereal swords and stuff like that because I can't remember the name of her Eternal, but she is able to basically create weapons out of celestial energy and stuff like that. God damn. So we saw a cool shot of that. We saw them all in like the previous costumes, which we think is um, Icarus. Um, not Icarus, sorry, it's the child. I can't remember the names of the Eternals now. Um, I wish I had my notes up, but I don't. <laughs> um, basically, we think that might be him wiping all their memories so that they can just live as humans on the um, as part of humanity and stuff like that instead of interfering with it as much. Mm. Uh, but that looks super cool anyway. We finally got some footage of it. I feel like this is leading up to maybe a trailer. Um, maybe when Black Widow drops or when Loki drops, we might get an eternals trailer yeah Um, you'll have to be soon because it's november 5th it's scheduled yeah so i'm gonna run through the release dates now so we've got black widow has been pushed to july 9th 2021 that's going to be coming out in cinemas and on premium um paid viewership on disney plus yeah i believe on the same day they'll both be coming out on july 9th shang chi is now september 3rd uh have you watched the shang chi trailer that's a mouthful. Um, no, but I did see maybe a clip, and I thought it was looking pretty hot and spicy. Yeah, the kung fu fight in martial arts, and it look like you said spicy. Yeah, it looks great. Yeah. Uh, you could tell that they got someone who knows how to fight and knows how to do stunts to play the role. You can just tell. Yeah. Um, and that is also um. Nope, never mind. Um, I I was thinking about Eternals. Eternals was directed by Chloe Zhao, who obviously, like we just talked about, won Best Director for Nomadland. Yeah. This is only her fourth film ever. No way. And she's doing the Eternals. Yeah, her third film ever won Best Picture and Best Director. (laughs) So so November 5th, like you said, Eternals is coming out. I'm expecting big things now, you know what I mean? Yeah. Tomb Raider's back in her biggest film ever. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in her biggest role since Tomb Raider since Mr. Angelina Smith. Jolie <laughs> since what was it uh, Cradle of Life was the second one yeah the the, the NAF one yeah yeah because <laughs> um, she, she hasn't done any films in between no, no obviously nothing. no <laughs> um okay so our fourth film for 2021 is spider-man no way home that's coming out december 17th and it's also set at christmas so this is going to be a nice mcu like christmas movie yeah you know how um 
Iron Man 3 was set at Christmas, but it kind of wasn't really referenced that much. They were set at Christmas. It was just like a Shane Black thing as always set these films at Christmas, uh, even though it came out in like July. Um, and then after that one, we've got Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Um, we actually found out this week as well that Doctor Strange was meant to be in um, WandaVision. All the adverts were meant to be him trying to communicate through the multiverse to her or through uh, the interference. That was how it was going to be, and that's how it was written, but then it got cut out um, during filming. Um, I think that was so that Doctor Strange didn't overshadow uh, Wanda. I see, yeah. I think that's a good move. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I'm so excited for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness now after everything that we've seen. Uh, So I don't know if I said that's March 25th, 2022. Um, now going on to May 6th, 2022, we get a lot of these like close together because obviously the having to go back to releasing four a year, they were going to cut back to two a year. Um, but obviously everything's been filmed and they need to get it out. So on May 6th, 2022, we got Thor Love and Thunder or Thor Love and Thunder because it's the fourth Thor. Yeah. Um, well, I think we spoke to you about this sort of stuff off the podcast. Um, we saw like Jane Foster, like like first wielding Mjolnir at one point, at the same place where Mjolnir was shattered and stuff. And I think like if she summons it, it'll reforge in a hand or something. It's going to look so fucking dope. It's, it looks um, going to look from what we saw from the leaked pictures from on set. It just looks like it's going to be one of those scenes that's that you definitely remember. Mm. from the movie it, lo- it looks like it's gonna have a lot of impact like definitely yeah yeah definitely i think taika watiti is gonna do great in this and it's gonna be nice to see taika watiti directing the guardians in this as well uh we're not sure how much they're gonna be in it i've got a feeling it's gonna just be a sort of like uh maybe first act or maybe like the intro is thor leaving um the guardians after like they'll probably do like a fight you know sort of intro guardians 2 ish Mm. sort of thing they'll have a fight with a giant space monster and then maybe he'll get like summoned to leave them to go back to like asgard or something like that new asgard on earth the most important question about that though is what 80s bop are they going to be doing it to oh that is the question it is really um See, this is, like, all, like, the aesthetic they're going for is sort of, like, late 70s, you know, like, all the fonts and everything like that. I think it's late 70s, early 80s, so it's probably going to be something from around then. It's going to be something obscure that Taika Watiki likes. Maybe it's some weird New Zealand band that we never heard of. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to take a guess. Are you ready for this? <clears throat> Go on. It's going to be Every Breath You Take by the Police. All right. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I would love it. I would, I would genuinely love it. <laughs> okay, next one. We got a title reveal for Black Panther 2. It's called Black Panther Wakanda Forever, which all the cast and crew are coming out just like, this is such a good name now. It honors Chadwick Boseman. Um, it it sounds like they're really going to like honor his legacy as an actor and as Black Panther in this. We still don't know what's going to happen with the role. The leading theory is obviously that um, the mantle is going to be passed down to Shuri like it is in the comic books, which if we've seen anything from Falcon and the Winter Soldier and stuff like that, they are passing down the mantles to the worthy successors now, right. um, like they are in the comic books. 
Yeah. So I would not be annoyed. Also, if they give her the comic accurate costume as well, it looks so dope on screen and Shuri could definitely pull it off. Uh, so that is July 8th, 2022. Very good. Um, a big shakeup, which we weren't expecting. We've had a change for Captain Marvel 2 now. So it's not called Captain Marvel 2 anymore. It's called The Marvels. Okay. So in this, we've obviously got like, it's written in the Captain Marvel font. But the S is the S from Camilla Khan, Ms. Marvel's outfit, which we also got her costume leaked over the last week um, on set photos. Whoever is doing the costumes for Phase 4 of MCU needs the biggest raise in the world because they look shit hot. Wanda looked dope. New Falcon costume looks dope. Ms. Marvel looks amazing. Like, honestly, all this stuff looks so good. So just, like, congratulations. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. and we've also got a, a Monica Rambo, the Proton, or what is the other name that she's known as? Spectrum logo is in there. That's in the A as well. So it seems like it's going to be a team up between Captain Marvel, Spectrum, or Proton. I think they're going to call her Proton because that was her nickname when she was in the Air Force and stuff like that. Uh, Annette Sword, and then we're going to have Ms. Marvel. So we already knew it was going to be Captain Marvel and Ms. Marvel teaming up, but now we've got a three-way kick-ass women, all different versions of Captain Marvel from the comic books teaming up. It's going to be pretty cool. And also I think the fact that they've dropped the Captain Marvel name from it might be to get rid of some of the negative impact that a few people had on uh, the Captain Marvel film, which I think was kind of unjust. It wasn't nearly as bad as most people were saying. I think those people were really blinded by the hatred for um brie larson yeah i mean i don't really understand what what the issue was because i mean like sure maybe you don't agree with everything she says like on on social media but i didn't see any issues with the film itself yeah a lot of people were like oh it's a weak written film it's just social justice feminist bollocks and all that sort of stuff it's like you're clearly not paying attention to the narrative that they're saying like it's about somebody like finding themselves and finding the strength to stand up for themselves. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's okay to be, it's okay to be who you are and it's okay to be a woman and stuff like that. And it's only once she accepts who she is that she gets her superpowers fully unlocked. Like, how are you so small brain that you can't see how motivational that is, especially for young girls? You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Being able to accept yourself to become your true self. How it's spider-man 2 again guys yeah <laughs> like yeah all these same people will praise spider-man 2 into the ground and then they won't like it when a female does it you know what i mean yeah so i think that was just a lot of misguided hate i'm i'm um, just i'm just glad that i didn't even think about any of that which makes me you know not one of those people and that was just like oh okay yeah I think everybody that thinks bad things about captain marvel needs to go and rewatch it and actually pay attention to the character of captain marvel yeah um anyway Get off my soapbox now. Oh my um, god, yeah. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania has been announced for February 17th, 2023. Um, we don't know when that's starting production. It'll be soon. Um, and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 on May 5th, 2023. Now, quick one about Guardians of the Galaxy. We know they'd started production, um, but obviously the Guardians films have probably more CGI than any of the other Marvel films. Uh, not to like say that there's nothing in the uh, other Marvel films and right. the CGI artists don't do a great job, yeah, but yeah. the h- entirety of it is in space. Like 
everything is <laughs> pretty much green screen. Yeah. So there is a lot more. Also, people are noticing a trend, right? Okay. That, so the Guardians 1 logo was brown and it had a bit of a wooden texture to it and Groot died. They then noticed, after seeing the thing for Guardians 3, that Guardians 2 had a blue and red logo and Yondu died. And then this one has, like, a grey tinge to it. And I always thought Drax was green, but a lot of people are thinking that in the films he looks more grey. So a lot of people are thinking that Drax might die in this. Mm, I'm I'm pulling Mm. up a reference photo. I'm pulling up a... Nah. If it if it was Drax, I would say there would be a lot more of that orangey redness to the uh to the That's scratches on the logo. Because there are scratches on the Guardians of the Galaxy type. Yeah. And it's not really red or orange in any way. So I'm doubt I'm doubting it, but it's interesting that the, the first two have led to certain characters you know, being able to link them to him. So I'm wondering, maybe even is there going to be a new character that gets introduced and then they they die in the film or something? Possibly. Possibly. Because James Gunn layers these films deep, and I mean deep with Easter eggs. There's still Easter eggs from the first one that people haven't quite uncovered. We're getting close to it with, like, the coordinates of the planets and stuff like that. But uh, Drax himself, Dave Bautista, has said in relation to everybody uh, saying all this on Twitter, he said, Drax isn't going anywhere. Uh, He just won't be played by this dude with a picture of himself. Um, He says, by the time Guardians 3 comes out, I'll be 54 years old. He looks damn good for 54. I didn't realize he was anywhere near that old. Um, I figured figured it out. He'll be 54 years old, for God's sake. I'm expecting everything to start sagging any second now. So he's like... After Guardians 3, he'll be stepping away. I don't think they're going to kill Drax off for that reason. No, um, but I've figured it out, so you don't have to worry anymore. It's, um, it's going to be... Are you ready okay. for this? This is who's going who's gonna to be. It's going to be Mecha Howard the Duck. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yes, yeah. obviously. Do, do you know what? Now that you've said that, because I've been wanting to see more of Howard the Duck, because he's <laughs> such a weird character, and I want to see James Gunn write Howard the Duck. If Drax leaves at the end of this one, just yeah. replace him with Howard the Duck. Exactly, exactly. You don't have any issues. And you, exactly. You've got um, Sean Gunn's character in there. He's on the team now. You've got Mantis on there. Like The team is plenty big enough. We might finally get introduced to Adam Warlock in this as well, which we've had teased for two films now. Mm. Um, so you've got plenty of people to replace Drax with if Dave Bautista doesn't want to come back. Like you said, he's 54 now. Like, wow. The fact that he's able to be shredded and lead in action films at 54 <laughs> is insane anyway. It's insane. Like, most people, like, like when Bruce Willis hit 54, he was like, you know what? I ain't getting shredded for every film. I'll be in these action films, but just make everything look good around me type thing whereas dave batista is still making like army of the dead and still appears in wrestling <laughs> yeah. every now and again you know what i mean yeah so yeah just just don't kill him off because we don't need any more character deaths at the moment we've just no. had quite a few big ones so just just let him step away from the role maybe maybe mm-hmm. him and mantis because james good did throw the offer of a mantis and drax solo film out there to him wow but he didn't go any further um so maybe have him and Mantis just sort of like ride off into the sunset after this one or something, maybe. Yeah, that'd be cute. I don't know. Um, maybe not like as a couple, but, you know, just as mates because yeah. they are mates after this. Yeah, yeah. And we also got the confirmation that Fantastic Four will appear at the end of Phase 4. 
That's fantastic. It's fantastic that the Fantastic Four are going to be at the end of Phase Four. Is it going to be? It's not going to be like the the guy who came into One Division who played uh, Quicksilver. Is it? It's not going to be him. Uh, no, because he's Quicksilver, not one of the Fantastic Four. Right. So this is how much I know about Fantastic Four. You see. <laughs> So, Fantastic Four is Reed Richards, Sue Storm, Johnny Blaze, and Ben Grimm. You've got the big rock guy, you've got the fire dude, you've got the invisible chick, and you've got the stretchy man. Who's um, the quick guy, then? Is it just... What is was that, that, sorry? Is that completely different? The quick guy? The quick guy uh, is Quicksilver not... is one of the X-Men. Oh, that's right. He's that's what I was getting mixed Wanda's up. Wanda's brother. Yeah. God, every yeah. enthusiast listening to this podcast right now is writing very <laughs> angry emails. I'm really sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, about don't that. worry. He knows more about Spider Man. He knows more about Spider Man. Don't yeah. worry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like we were talking about earlier, the lead in theory is that it's going to be uh, John Krasinski and Emily Blunt playing Sue and, uh, Sue and Reed Richards. Uh, yeah. Because especially in the comic books lately, they've changed their designs to very much resemble them, similar to how Nick Fury in the Ultimate Comics was Samuel Jackson. There's that, and they finally come back in the comic books now because they're finally going to make a film, and they're not owned by Fox anymore; they're owned by Disney again. Very good. Hopefully, a redeeming film. A redeeming. Fa- this is why I don't know about the Fantastic Four. We need it like after got, Fan um, Four stick. Yeah. That was god awful. We need a good one, which. I believe it's the it's it's either Peyton Reed or the guy that's doing Spider Man that at the moment is directing it, which is fine with me. You know what I mean? Like the Spider Man films have been great so far. Yeah. Um and also Peyton Reed knows how to work with like a family dynamic with like A Man and the Wasp was pretty damn good. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, a, a bit more news. We'll speed through some news now so we can talk more Star Wars because that MCU news was so big we had to talk about there it. There was all. so much going on then. Carrying on with a little bit of relevance to the MCU, Elizabeth Olsen, Wonder Vision herself, Wonder herself, I mean, yeah. um, has been cast in a HBO Max show called Love and Death where she's going to play axe murderer Candy Montgomery. <laughs> I'm all for this, like, Elizabeth Olsen as a psychopath. Like, it's going to be such a cool break of pace, like, breaking of roles for her type thing. It's going to be so good for her. You say that, She's a phenomenal actress. She's very good at looking angry. And I think that that suits her. Yeah, definitely. Like, just imagine Wanda with an axe in her hand and blood smeared down her. Perfect. I'm already. I'm going to be terrified. Dollar dollar signs everywhere. <laughs> I'm in. God damn it, I'm in. Okay. Yeah. Um, speaking of Ant Man and the Wasp as well, Hannah John Kamen has been cast in the Red Sonja movie. Uh, Red Sonja is a comic book about a female barbarian character who has a very revealing chainmail bikini, so I'm guessing the costume will be changed. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Like, Red Sonja's finally getting a movie. People have been trying to get this off the air since, uh, off the ground since like 2002, I think, was the first rumors of a Red Sonja movie that we had. Right. Um, so, great. Also, speaking of comic book films, we have, uh, there's so much comic book news this week. Yeah. Moving on to DC now. Oh. Warner Brothers announced on Henry Cavill's birthday that we were getting a new Superman film. What? Yes. What? Yes. And then you found out that it's not going to have Henry Cavill in. Uh, and that felt like a kick in the dick. Wow. <laughs> what? On Henry Cavill's birthday, is... they're announcing that we're getting a... Yeah, is there beef or something or what? Like, 
So it's- his contract ran out. And there was this whole thing where he had apparently stepped away from the role and stuff like this, but it was just his contract running out. This was happening about a year ago. And Henry Cavill said, like, as long as they'll have me back, I'll keep doing it because I love playing Superman. And then we had him back in the Snyder Cup, which was great. And he was staying hopeful that in the future we would get a new Superman film. But he was like, I understand they want to do some Elseworlds type stories, like Superman Red Sun and stuff like that. So he's like, if you want to cast someone else for them, that's fine. So we think this is going to be in Elseworlds, and we've had an announcement that we're going to have a, our first on-screen black Superman. Okay. Amazing. Yeah, Amazing. that'd be awesome. But another twist is that it's not going to be Val Zod, who is the black Superman from Earth 2 that everybody has been fancasting Michael B. Jordan to be playing for about five years. They're doing a black version of Kal-El, so this is going to be Elseworlds. We're getting... The standard Superman that we all know and love, but he's going to be black, which is fine. But when you've already got multiple versions of Kal-El in the works, maybe, and then you're doing this, it feels, it just feels strange. You know what I mean? J.J. Right. Um, Abrams is attached to the project, so it's probably going to be a decent film. It just feels weird that we've got a black version of Superman that the fans love so much and they're not going to use it. You know what I mean? And then yeah. they're going to replace the Kal-El that everybody's been getting used to for the last 10 years. I think it was 10 years ago that Man of Steel came out. Um, I don't know the date. Yeah, it, it felt weird. Right. All this coming out on Henry Cavill's birthday felt strange. Yeah, that does feel very, very odd. Really, really weird that they'd, they would do it. It, it seems tactical to do it like that. Because if they've, if they've yeah. not... I mean, have they started actually... It's not pr- production started yet. It's just that they were just announced. No, it. it's in like pre-production. Yeah, so we've yeah. got uh, directors and writers attached to it. We haven't had anybody cast in the role, so it's in pre-production. Like they they're working on scripts for it. That's what I mean. That's what that's what makes it seem even weirder. You know, if if they were if they were going to be like, oh, we've just started production, and it just was a coincidence that it was also Henry Cavill's birthday. But the fact that yeah. it isn't just seems very like yeah, weird. I think there is a weird amount of beef going on at the moment at the Warner Brothers camp because the actors are standing up with, like, Ray Fisher and Gal Gadot with, like, all their complaints that they had about uh, Joss Whedon and several of the executive producers on the Super- on the Justice League set and stuff like that. So I don't know if... It, it just feels all a bit sus, you know what I mean? Yeah, Like, definitely. to bring Among Us into it, it feels sus, doesn't it? Like... Like, obviously, these people are kind of fighting back against Warner Brothers a little bit for a just and cause reason, but then they're just there like, eh, 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 mm-hmm. on your birthday. Yeah, never mind. We're getting a new Superman. Enjoy. Yeah. Um. Uh. So everybody has been saying he just needs to get over to the MCU and play Captain Britain or Wonder Man. Ooh, Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which you know what it is? I mean, it's, give it's, me, give me Henry Cavill, Captain Britain, any day of the week. <laughs> this is literally them going. This is for all of the hours of grueling mustache removal we had to do. <laughs> is what, it's for. what do you mean you wouldn't shave your mustache off again? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay, Henry uh, Hugh Jackman has said publicly that he wants a cameo in Deadpool three when that finally comes out. Nice. Everybody's been wanting that for years. Yeah, thumbs and up. And then Blade, Blade production has been pushed back to 2022, so that's getting minimum end of 2023 release date. So that's going to be pushed into Phase 5 now, Blade. Right. Sorry, Mahershala Ali as Blade instead of Wesley Snipes. 
and also Shazam 2 has uh, started filming this week as you guys have listened uh, listened to us now it's probably already started production that was it was just all comic book movie news wasn't it i've Sheesh. got one for you that's not comic book movie news go on mate mark Wahlberg. he's eating a lot of food right now <laughs> i saw this i saw this yeah i yeah, thought i'd bring so- you along he's posted a shirtless picture next to a shot from him three weeks ago i think they're for the same film i think it's about like a fighter who's no longer fighting um so he posted like this dehydrated like shredded in boxer shorts with a handlebar mustache like yeah and then next to it is just him looking like a tub of lard (laughs) next to it he looks more tanned though in the in the second picture so he's... i mean because he's retired from boxing now so he just sits in the sun eating right. you know what i mean yeah it could also just be the light this is but... more funny this is more funny as well because we had mark Wahlberg's like fitness and lifestyle regime come out like a couple of years ago how like mm. wakes up at 4 a.m works out eats breakfast works out spends family time works out goes to set works out yep. all this sort of stuff like how he stays <laughs> in this immaculate like shredded physique and then he's just there yeah. like there with this gross beard mustache and like yeah getting, just getting absolutely large but in a different way yeah so in three uh, yeah. weeks he's managed to put on 30 pounds which is 13.6 kilograms um, wow. So he's eating 7,000 calories a day, including, it's like eight meals with at least 12 eggs. So the idea is that he's getting fat, but in a healthy way, which is uh, difficult mm. to pull off, I suppose. Well, it's, it's probably not. Mm. I mean, it is at, at this speed, but, you know, you wouldn't normally think, oh, right, you're just, you're just eating a lot more of the healthy stuff. But yeah. he's absolutely yeah, it's, it's too much of a good right thing now. is a bad thing. Yeah, you can yeah. like how like I'm thinking about eating like another piece of sushi from tonight, and I'm like, I can't do it. <laughs> the thing is, like, if you have too much protein, it does start to put too much weight on, unless you're like lifting a lot yeah. and doing a lot of exercise. Yeah. So I think this is sort of like, um, like you said, he's doing it in a healthy way. He's eating a lot of eggs and a lot of protein and stuff like that, so that. Once he's finished the shoot, he's got all that protein in him and he's still healthy enough that he'll be able to hit the gym and take it all off again. It's probably probably what they're doing. Anyway, that was so much comic book news, so much Marvel news to catch up on. Yeah, and that's the end of the Shall show, we? so thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 come no, back. No, no. Right, we'll talk about the bad bad right. for 10 minutes right now. No, it's fine. We've, we've, got, we've got more nerdy stuff to talk about. Oh, God, we've got, really? Star Wars, oh, yeah, the course. Clone Wars sequel series, Star Wars The Bad Batch, yeah. dropped, they dropped two episodes, uh, one episode on May the 4th, and then another one, I believe it was yesterday that it came out, um, it's a hour and a half, or hour and 15 minute long episode, the first episode, it's a whole chunk, it's a whole chungus, it's like the end of Clone Wars, yeah. um, which I'm kind of glad we got a big long episode to begin with, Um episode two felt a little bit weaker to me and it was only half an hour so it was good that we had like the hour and a half big boy premiere episode so to briefly set up the bad batch if you haven't watched the final season of clone wars you're not gonna have a clue what's going on but in the final season they introduced this um what was it um 
Battalion 99 or something, as it's called. Yeah, um, squad, yeah, something like squad, that. Ni- Squadron 99 or yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. these are all um, clones which had genetic defects, so they haven't come out like the typical clones, but they gave it gave them all like heightened abilities and certain things, so they've got like this ragtag team where they're sort of like sent as like this suicide squad, just like chuck them in the back lines, like if they can't do it, nobody will do it type thing. They'll either like get the job done amazingly or they'll die trying type thing yeah ragtag bunch of it guys super cool interesting characters been introduced to them now um in their own series made by dave filoni the same guy that's done clone wars um and it really shows it's the same Definitely. animation style it literally picks up exactly where clone wars and episode three sort of lets off so what did you think of these first two episodes uh i thought the same as you mentioned the first one was highly explosive lots like a lot going on i literally was my girlfriend didn't watch it because i was watching kind of just in my own time but then i was like do you want me to tell you what happened because we were going to watch the second episode together and she was like sure and i think it literally took me about 10 minutes to explain every little plot point of the first of the first uh, episode (laughs) and then the second episode i was just like huh like I'm, I'm glad that we had that first episode because it was kind of like uh, when One Division came out, we needed that second episode at the same time, really, to get into it. And then when Falcon mm-hmm. and the Winter Soldier dropped, I watched the first episode, and I haven't watched the rest of the show yet because I didn't, I wasn't hooked by the first episode, and we were only given one to start with. Yeah, and I just haven't found the time to go back to it yet. Um, it's so anyway. much better it needed the two episodes together so yeah. this one i was like oh yeah the first episode is really good and then the second one like i was like okay it was yeah. like it was like a good episode of the clone wars wasn't it it wasn't like one of the ones that you remember necessarily yeah definitely it was a, it was a good episode and it 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 set nice things up going forward in the in the series but it wasn't necessarily like a stellar episode which considering it's got a very limited episode run i felt like it was a bit of a waste of an episode yeah but maybe not maybe we'll see some stuff pay off later yeah there was, um there was two things that i wanted to mention that's not really related to uh, like the story or anything itself but i thought that it was that it was a uh, cool to note that the visually um it looked like they'd gone for a little bit more of an like painted sketch style texturing instead of flat texturing on on characters and stuff now and then i was thinking so about that that is in the clone wars but it it's sometimes harder to notice yeah oh well, the, yeah i didn't notice it in throughout the clone wars but then the second thing that i was going to say is isn't it great that like the quality of the bad batch reminded me of like the quality of like an early Pixar film is now just a regular TV show. And it was just making me think like, wow, like Toy Story looked like this back then. And and like in 20 years time or whatever, just how great like it's going to get as well. Yeah. Just thinking about how so good this, they can do this now. This definitely had the same production quality, uh, especially episode one had the same production quality of like the last two episodes of Clone Wars. Yeah. And that was, like, so obvious. And you can tell that they're doing a lot more mocap stuff, especially in episode one. The way the characters moved in that I thought was phenomenal. Like, there's a bit where Hunter and Crosshair are, like, going down this, like, snowy embankment. And I was watching that and I was like, holy shit, like, you can tell that's motion tracked by the way the feet are moving. Like, if this was any other animation, they would just have them go, like, the feet off screen and, like, 
that like mm. they wouldn't angle anything but you could see them like staggering to like stop themselves from falling down the hill too much and stuff like that yeah like, we saw in early seasons of clone wars that they, they would just slide down like they would put them in like a slide pose and they would just slide down like no bumps or nothing whereas this it's like you could tell there's somebody on mocap like trying to get down a hill and stuff like that i was yeah. like oh, it just works so much better and yeah. there's like fluidity like not everything's solid like the hair's got movement now like loose threads have got movement it's not like static mm-hmm. like the particle effects and like the material effects and stuff like that are cranked up like like they did for the final season of clone wars i'm guessing they made all these in one go because this like follows on pretty much straight on from where we left the bad batch in what like episode two of the final season yeah okay yeah we're trying to avoid spoilers but what do you think the story is going to be going forward obviously we know uh order 66 has just happened uh at the end of the clone wars yeah yeah, so I think this is really going to be hmm, going forward. You've put me on the spot here because I'm not really sure. I What I really like is that we don't know much about these guys other than what we've seen in the Clone Wars. And so mm-hmm. like throughout the first episode, as the characters are, are opening up from what's just happened... I was starting to see like, oh, it's going to be like this and then we're going to see that and da, da, da. But the way that the story is more open immediately about what happened in the Clone Wars and the reasons why like Order 66 happened and things like that makes me think, wow, they could really go so far here and start trying to search, you know, they could go and try and find other Jedis. They might, they might not be all dead. There might be you know, more of a rebellion build-up and, and those things like that. So I think the options of are, are setting us up for a show that is going to be, like, a lot of Star Wars that we, like, really love, like, all of the rebellion and the Jedi, yeah, 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 yeah. That's, <laughs> that's what I'm here for. I think, yeah, what you said, I think this is going to sort of explore... Uh, sort of what they kind of did with uh, some of the characters in Falcon and the Winter Soldier and explore what a soldier is when they're not a soldier anymore. So, like, what I think Episode 2 was really good at is basically trying to make the Bad Batch realise that they're not soldiers anymore. Um, Order 66 has ended and apparently the war has ended. So it's like they're having to realise, like, they can be people they're not just clones they're not just a uniform they're not just a weapon and a soldier and stuff like that so i think this is them going to be breaking away and like you said elements of the rebellion coming through and stuff like that we've already had like sol Gerrera appears in episode one and stuff like that so we know mm. the rebellion is starting to form already like instantly as soon as palpatine takes over so we got to see in the first episode we got to see a a few flashbacks to Attack of the Clones, uh, not Attack of the Clones, sorry, Revenge of the Sith. So mm-hmm. they redid a couple shots from Revenge of the Sith in the Clone Wars animation, which was so cool. And then we got to see Palpatine's speech from Revenge of the Sith, you know, that he gives to the Senate. He gives that to the clone troopers as well. That's, I mean, are we going into spoilers at this point? Because I was trying really hard not to say anything back then. But So, um... so that was in the trailer, so I'm happy with saying right. that. We can move on to spoilers now if you want, because I think we've said... Everything like, do you want to quickly say whether you like it and like what you would sort of grade it so far, and then we can move on to spoilers. We like to do that before we move right, on to spoilers see, in yeah, case yeah, people yeah. don't want to 
carry on any further. Yeah, sure, yeah. I mean, I think that there is so much to come from this because, like you said, and it reminded me as you were just talking about it, we're going to see a lot about, you know, how we go from like a clone army, you know, how that develops in in the Star Wars universe, just in general, how it becomes also much more like mechanical and not necessarily about the clones and how these this bad batch of people might end up starting to try to be like, well, who are we then? You know, if we, if we're being, Mm -hmm. maybe we're being replaced or something, you know, I can see that moving forward. So what I think that that gives so much promise to like a story for the perfect characters that, that aren't even really like, they weren't really mainstream characters or anything, but they've kind of become that just because they've yeah. had an opportunity to really shine in this. So I I really have enjoyed even just the first two episodes. I think that this show has got so much potential. So I would I would definitely rate it very highly. What about, what okay. about yourself? Yeah, I would say that. I would say probably at the moment it's probably at like a... Episode 1 was probably like, for the Clone Wars, maybe like an 8 out of 10. Episode 2 was a little bit lower, but it did set up some themes that I mentioned then. Mm. So I think going forward, episode two is going to be very important for where the characters go. Yeah. So I would say it's probably like 7.5 out of 10 right now. What we like to say is like bin or binge when it's coming up to a series. We normally say it like at the end of a a series, but also first impressions like, are we going to keep watching it? Do we think people are going to be watching it? So I would definitely say, yeah, binge it. Um, It might work better as a binge as well. Maybe if you wait for all the episodes to come out, watch them all in one go. We said the same thing about Falcon and the Winter Soldier as well. Um, So you might not be missing much not watching it week to week. It's not like The Mandalorian where you want to watch it every week and you want to discuss it every week. Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe you wait until the season's ended and then like binge it all at one go. Yeah, I, w- I would say it's a binge because like, I mean, even if we'd have just got the first episode, uh, that's this is a show that I would have watched the first episode and been like, I'm, that, I'm hooked. But because I we wasn't got... expecting episode two to drop on Friday, I really wasn't. I was just... because we got an hour and a half episode on Tuesday. Yeah, we got a lot all at the same time, and I think that it mm-hmm. kind of was the right thing to do, though, because if we'd have got the second episode separately, I think I would have. I would think I would have been in the bin camp from there. But because we got yeah. one and two together, I think that that was like, oh yeah, we're bit, this is like I, I can get past two because I've just smashed one and they kind of go together. Yeah, definitely. So we're going to go into spoilers now because we want to talk about some nitty gritty stuff. Yeah, um, and we want to mention stuff obviously that yeah. that happens in it. Big spoilers for episode one coming up, especially. Thank you for listening. Check Thank out you. our post amble at the end there's going to be time codes in the description if you want to see when we stop talking spoilers and then you can listen to the outro and all that sort of stuff yeah but yeah so we're going to talk spoilers now spoilers 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 okay, okay. so carry on we were talking about palpatine's speech yes yeah going back to palpatine's speech listening to that speech i think it was a direct like the audio from it sounded like the exact audio from like yeah yeah, it was, right? It was it was literally just a it sounded to... it sounded like it was taken directly and like even like his facial movements and like how he like he was hiding his face and stuff like that like it all seemed like they just took it straight from Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, it was all I was like, whoa, getting chills almost at that moment and I, because it was so cool to see it from a different perspective. Yeah, and that makes me think that's why that's where the story's going forward because you see how the bad batch react to it compared to 
the clone troopers with the implants and the chips in the brains yeah uh, you see that they are not reacting like they're they're being programmed to like cheer it on like celebrating and stuff like that which so much worse seeing that from like because they were all lined up like how we see the first order and stuff like that weren't they and like it very much had like this like nazi symbolism to it yeah and you're just there like these clones that we spent seasons like learning to love and really root for and stuff like that are now unwillingly the villains and the Bad Batch need to break away from that. And that led to a really cool running with Grand Moff Tarkin, which we didn't talk about uh, pre-spoilers, because that was so cool getting him yeah. back. What did you think of bringing back Tarkin? I think it helped tie the Bad Batch to the Star Wars universe even more. Mm-hmm. And that was, like, I think it was really important for the show to establish him like in there straight away. And I think it's really interesting how then we got to see kind of more like behind the scenes of how Palpatine's plan was kind of un- unraveling a bit, you know what I mean? And that was that was really nice to just get get some actual like, ah, so this is how they did it, you know? I think like you touched on, I don't know if you meant it necessarily, thinking of like the Star Wars canon and why they stopped using clones was because like they started to find like deficiencies in the clones and they realized that they had to use like naturally born like people again to be the stormtroopers yeah i think this season might show us more of a transition between clone troopers to stormtroopers and i think the bad batch going off the rails and leaving them you know like when they had the whole thing in the training room yeah and how tarkin tried to kill them off and stuff like that like he's trying to get rid of like any imperfections and they'll realize that there's more more clones that are thinking for themselves and stuff like that so I think this is the catalyst for them walking away from clones is going to be the Bad Batch going off and fighting them. And maybe, because we've got the clones with Omega as well, haven't we? So yeah. I think we're really going to get like a story of like what it means to be an individual, what it means to not be a soldier, but to find yourself again and fight for just cause, even if it's not the cause that you were trained to support and stuff like that i think it's gonna have like a deeper narrative than people realize considering it's still kind of aimed towards teenagers almost although Mm -hmm. they know by now the animated disney stuff has probably more adult watchers than it does child watchers now yeah but it still needs to be accessible to both you know what i mean so i think yeah we're gonna see this start to change from clone troopers to stormtroopers and we're gonna see the bad batch like discovering who they are because like we've got the whole thing with crosshair now having the implant put back in and stuff like that and he's being manipulated yeah 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 also what do you think i think that he's always been a bit of a tool but i think he was missing some of those shots on purpose you know like that first shot that he took at hunter and he intentionally missed it and i think maybe he might be working on the inside to help him out further down the road i'm not convinced by that because it literally like all the way through the episode up to that point he was always being snarky about it even when it was just them just chatting like even Mm. when it was just hunter and and crosshair his like remarks were consistently like oh we're just you know like we're just not gonna do we're not gonna tell them about the you you know did you actually kill the kid are you are you not gonna tell them that you know you didn't actually kill him and stuff and uh, he's smart enough to know that that you know, he ratted them out even. So unless Crosshair's working for himself inside, I don't really know whether he's planning on being an inside job, really. 
I don't know because like you said, like we saw him saying, you know, like the same things that we heard. It wasn't fives. It was one of the other ones that tried to kill Ahsoka. You know, at the end of Clone Wars, we heard him saying, um, "A good soldier follows orders. A good soldier follows orders." All this sort of stuff. So we knew that, like, he still had like the implant, but it was defective because they're genetically different. Wasn't so, that that was Echo, know, wasn't it? He was because he's called um, Echo because he kept repeating lines like that. I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, Echo was the one that got um, kidnapped, wasn't he? And he became the Echo that we got on the show now with the yeah. the fist missing. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to remember the order of events now. Yeah, that was him, wasn't he? Because didn't he get captured when they were trying to they were trying to rescue him because they took the chip out of his head, didn't they? Yeah, and they, they, did. they were trying to get him back. Yeah, and the separatists kidnapped him, didn't they? Yeah, in like a shuttle crash or something. Yeah, so I think yeah. it was Echo. Yeah, that we heard saying those things. Um, so yeah, I think I don't know because I felt like he missed a shot intentionally on Hunter. His whole thing is that he doesn't miss, and obviously mm. he's fighting against the people that know him best. But it felt that he he took down Wrecker, didn't he? Yeah, and he said he was using Wrecker as bait, but he had Hunter like dead to rights at one point, and I feel like he intentionally missed. Maybe there was a bit of himself kind of just fighting himself a little bit, maybe. Maybe. So that makes me wonder, like, where his character's going to go. Maybe maybe he'll be able to fight against the programming, because we didn't see him get the chip reinstalled, did we? They were talking about, oh, maybe we need to fix his chip. They didn't say whether they actually did it or not. I think they were just intensifying the power of it. I think they were just kind of like, they've got the chip, and and it just isn't... like. Because he was he ratted them out, it was obvious that maybe the chip that he had was was sort of a, was twinging, but not like enough to overtake. He just switching will. off and back on again. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but they they then purposefully intensified kind of the chip, I think, and then that's what really no. turned him round for leading a squad in. Uh, but but yeah, you're right. He could still be. He could still have been fighting it a little bit resisting it i feel like i feel like that's the disney thing isn't it and that's yeah i I feel like that's what they would do so what i wanted to uh, talk about as well was if we rewind back to the start of the the episode we had the young jedi caleb is it caleb it was caleb right and so that whole scene or i guess not just the scene but that whole section of the start of the show was very The Force Awakens, or was it in The Force Awakens with the ray in the forest and the ground and the earth splits and there's the blue lightsaber and then they made the jump <laughs> yeah. and like yeah. that, that was it. And I was I like, right, the same thing. In that, that, if that's what's happening, then Caleb's a main character, the main Jedi of the show, and we're going to end up, he's going to be. Do you. I just think that they set up the way that that looked. Do you not know who Caleb is? Uh, is this going into Rebels? Yes. Right. Yeah. No. In that case, no, because I haven't watched the Rebels yet. Okay. Um, so I don't want to spoil it. Yeah, I was going to talk about this, but I don't know if I want to spoil that for you then, because it is like it's known who Caleb is. I knew the um, name, so I, knew- I was so surprised when I saw him. Right. Yeah, I heard I'd heard Caleb somewhere and I thought mm, I think he's rebels. So I knew that the character existed. The the character later on in life goes by a different name. 
So right. we've had a, I think, a novel and a comic book explaining Caleb's backstory and stuff like that. So I was really surprised when we saw that happening because it gets explained on Rebels and then it gets explained like in the backstory, like who he is and where he comes from. So Wait, I don't he... want to spoil that for you. This might be me just being dumb, but I've only seen a little bit of Rebels. So is he not the guy who's piloting the ship that has a lightsaber? In Rebels. Kanan Jarrus. Yeah. Yeah, he's Kanan Jarrus. <laughs> right, okay. Okay, okay, okay. You, you figured that out for yourself, so yeah, I don't yeah, mind spoiling no, 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 that. No, that's yeah. fine. So we find out in Rebels when he's t- uh, telling Ezra about Order 66 and telling us about his past that he used to be called Caleb. Um, uh, okay, Kanan okay. Jarrus is the name that he goes by now. So you see, even if we I- knew that he had to survive that. Even if I'd have watched more of Rebels at this point and have heard that line, it would have been one of those lines that I'd have just passingly heard and not put the two together. But seeing Caleb there with the blue lightsaber and then kind of thinking, hmm, Caleb, that sounds like something I've heard before. That kind of, yeah, I was able to put the, the pieces together. Because he did, he does look a little bit like, like him. So, yeah. In a way, yeah. There, there was also a bit of controversy online that people were saying that, like, because he is quite, like, olived skin, he's got, like, darker skin in Rebels. People are like, oh, you're whitewashing, like, your characters who normally have, like, darker skin. Like, they even said it about, like, uh, the Bad Batch, because, obviously, they're based off Tamara Morrison, who's um, Polynesian. Um, so he has a bit of a darker skin, so normally the clone troopers have a bit of a darker skin tone. But they were, they were just like, it's kind of just like a white balance thing. We're not whitewashing the characters. They're still the same characters. We still use the exact same models and the exact same skin tones for him. So... They've actually gone back and re-edited it, and they've changed the white balance in certain scenes to make sure that the skin tones look the same. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. He, he does look, uh, look a lot more like Kanan now. So that's what makes me think that this is leading into Rebels, like, with the Rebellion and stuff like right. that. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. The main point for me was just how, like, that whole part, that whole start just kind of... Because it looked so Force Awakens, you had Caleb with a lightsaber yeah. in the snow and the ground and was a split in the earth and stuff. I just, that was like instantly just like, okay, this guy, this kid is important and more important than that scene just let on. Yeah. And I'm wondering if we see more of his story leading forward yeah. and why he starts to hide his Jedi abilities and stuff like that going forward. I could see them having this as a series going forward because obviously you can't do anything else Clone Wars now. Yeah, you could. You could tell the other stories because obviously the Clone Wars like was so massive, but everybody will just want to see Ahsoka and Anakin, won't they? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. they can't really do another animated Clone Wars series at the moment. So I don't know if this is the one that they're hoping to do going forward or whether it's going to be a one and done. To be but, honest, I would like them to do more but, because I think that that these characters, even though they're all they all have very stereotypical tropes and stuff, they they have been the more like relatable and like likable characters that as a, like I was mentioned earlier on, they've become kind of more like main characters in their own way. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I think is more interesting because they are clones. Yeah, I think they're either going to leave him open-ended to bring them back in the future, or they're going to rogue one them throughout the season. Mm. <laughs> Speaking... It's going to be one or the other. I'm hoping that they let us yeah. see more of them. Yeah. I was just going to say, speaking of them being clones, it was nice that we immediately got to see 
um, the clone that kind of exiled himself as a farmer come back in episode two? Was he in episode one? Yeah. It was episode two, right? Because he no, went to go and see. Episode two, he was yeah. the friend that they were going to go see at the end of episode one. And, yeah. and and I was just as soon as that I was like, oh my god, we just we're immediately tying ourselves back into the Clone Wars. So we're establishing, you know, we're re-establishing more of like who they are and who, what their friendship circle is and stuff. And I thought that it was nice that they could bring this other clone back. I've forgotten his name, but I, how they could bring him back in. I can't remember either. Um, because it allowed yeah, them... Yeah, I, th- I thought that was so good because it, it, it linked in with the narrative. Like, obviously, he is a defected clone that we've seen in the past. You know what I mean? So yeah. he is the most like that. Other than, like, obviously, like, the main three clones that make it out that we see in Rebels and stuff like that. He's the only other one that we know sort of, like, got away from the, the clone army and stuff like that. Yeah. So he was the obvious fit to team up with these guys for an episode. Yeah. It felt like a a more classic Clone Wars episode. It felt like a slower Clone Wars episode, but it set up a lot. Yes, I think that what we saw in episode two wasn't anything like, like you said, it wasn't anything crazy, but what we did see was just like Hunter having to realize a bit more about how things are different now. Because we even Mm -hmm. had like just things about how more aggressive the rest of the clones are now and like just more about how things have changed in general kind of world setting a bit more and then really i loved the world building in episode two with like the whole thing about currencies changing and bringing in like yeah essentially galactic uh, passports can't remember what they're called but basically you need a code don't you it's like your passport yeah yeah chain codes yeah yeah, because and and how they were talking about how it's so smart of the of the empire to, you know, people used to do used to fight for the opposite, and now they're literally fighting to get coded so they could go places and yeah. have money in a new currency and stuff. It's it's just a way of flipping the heroes into the villains instantly, like just do these like few things because we've just spent seven seasons rooting for like the clones and everything like that obviously fighting against the Sith even though we've all seen like the Star Wars films and we knew where things were going yeah but it's just a way for in universe to them to flip to become the villains and why you could see some people like still supporting them and stuff like that because like it is just the new way of life now and stuff like that um and like all these people that they put into power and all that sort of stuff like um creating like a unified government but now it's like the new galactic empire and stuff like that and they're like it's becoming like orwellian almost isn't it like like 1984 is it um and or 1986 why is it what's that george orwell novel oh i don't know i know which one Um, you i know which one you mean though yeah um so like it's just a way of just like everyone can figure that out like you know what i mean it's like Mm. flip them into the villains like as soon as like they won and the tyranny was scourged from the galaxy almost it's like so now that the bad guys are gone we're putting you all on fucking crackdown type thing like you all belong towards you're all gonna like do our will and like you're not even allowed your own currencies on your own planets anymore and like look how look how generous we are the the emperor chancellor palpatine is willing to let you convert all your 
peasant money into our galactic credits and all yeah. this sort of stuff. I was like, it was such a good world building way of just being able to like, right, fuck you all. We're, we're the driving force behind this galaxy now. But it had immediately affected even like when when uh, they tried to get like um, tickets to go off planet on a shuttle. Even like the smuggler mm-hmm. was kind of asking for, oh well, we own, I'm only going to accept a chain code. You got to give me that now. Like, there's no yeah. way that you know these people don't even accept that anymore. The old currency. Um. So I thought that was, yeah, super interesting. But um, yeah, I, I feel like I've either completely forgotten or it's still a big mystery. But have we seen Omega before, or is she a new character? Uh, no. No, she's a new character. Right, because that kind of... I, I, that's what I thought, but it threw me off a little bit because in episode one, Omega was like, hey, Hunter, remember me? We used... You know, like, as if they've established a, a relationship already. And I was like, huh, so do they know each other? Or, you know... But then it's... Hunter's kind of like, I don't remember you. But for some reason, Omega seemed to have thought that they were already... Like, they'd already said hello at, at some point. What they meant was because, like, Omega has grown up there. I think it's sort of like she's been studying everything because she's, like, following the Kaminoans around, isn't she? Yeah. I think she's studying the clone troopers. And I think it, it might not play out to be anything, but I think the fact that she was a clone was also to make it so that the Bad Batch would um, instantly connect with it and they would, like, get this familial bond the same way they have, like, their bond, like, Band of Brothers together. To yeah. bring her into the fold, she's a clone as well. I think that it gives it also gave them an opportunity to kind of like because she she picks up a rifle and takes a shot at uh, Crosshair and 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 hits mm-hmm. where she wanted to, you know, and and that and then she's like, oh, I've never held a rifle before, and so it also allows things like that to just kind of happen because she's just kind of an exceptional clone, I suppose. At this point, that's all we know anyway. Yeah, I think she's being set up as like an allegory for like the innocent side, like the human side of what's inside of all of the clones and especially the Bad Batch. I think she's sort of like, I think she's there because they're also like saying to her, like, she's not a soldier. Like, you're not a soldier anymore. Uh, She's just a kid, like, type thing. So it's sort of like the innocent child within all of us and all that sort of stuff. Um, I think that's, I think she's there to make Hunter realize that even though he's a clone and he was made to fight in a war, that he is his own person and like there is like innocence inside of him he's not just a weapon i think that's what her character's there for yeah and and because like her age range seems very similar to Caleb's i can kind of see the story kind of re re coming together with between omega the Bad Batch kind of connecting omega and and Caleb together eventually when maybe the Bad Batch end up finding Caleb again yeah, because the it, Caleb won't trust the clones, but she's also a clone, but she's like a child and she's innocent and she is roughly the same age. She could connect with him differently. Yeah, because he was so afraid of them just because they were clones, but perhaps Omega is going to be that kind of, well, well, I'm a clone, you know, that kind of thing, which might yeah. help Caleb put their trust maybe back in Hunter and the rest of the guys moving forward. Yeah, because we also see that Kanan in Rebels isn't 100% trusting of clones, like, because of what happened during Order 66, but he's not 
like instantly trying to kill them straight away as soon as we meet the clones again so there is going to be something to sort of like bridge the gap i feel so yeah omega could definitely be that character yeah i can see that happening right then I think we've I think we've covered everything that happened in those two episodes. Wow, that was a that was a deep talk about that. Then, um, yeah, I'm really excited to see where it goes. Yeah, it was a deep talk, but I feel like because there was so much world building in there, I think it just lets us talk more openly about how the world changed in Star Wars so so much and so fast after Order sixty six, and just the fact that we got to see that kind of start to unfold from a different point of view with different world-building aspects in the Bad Batch was just so awesome and so many details that are worth bringing up and mentioning and talking about. So I think, I think the loving at the moment bridging the gap between the three trilogies. So, like, this and Rogue One bridge the gap between the prequels and the sequels, and then we've got, like, the Resistance animated show bridging the gap just before Episode 7 and stuff like that, and we're probably going to get more stuff that follow on from episode six at some point as well yeah so i definitely yeah. the the loving playing in this sort of gray well the mandalorian takes place after after episode six doesn't it so yeah the loving to play in these in these gray areas we know what's happened we know what's coming up so it's sort of bridging the gap between them all and i think that's what disney are really looking to do at the moment before they start pushing the high republic stuff a lot more so yeah, yeah it is it is great for us nerds who love the world building of Star Wars to just be able to nitpick and see where things are going. Like the whole thing about like the clones now and like this might set up like them getting rid of the clone army and going to stormtroopers and stuff like it's fascinating for me. Yeah, I think it's I think it's definitely like a safer thing for Disney to be doing right now, just focusing on the bridging stuff. But it's what they really kind of needed to do after so much controversy of the new trilogy. I think that, that by doing things right now that are kind of just re-establishing that they understand star wars that's going to be really important when they go and do something new that that we've not seen anywhere in this timeline yet yeah yeah definitely it's it's bringing some faith and some trust back into some of the people that didn't like the sequels so that they'll be happy and they'll be more understanding when we do something new like clearly that the high republic is the next big thing for them isn't it and we we know we're going to get games and tv shows about it soon yeah we've just got comic books and novels at the moment but we know they've said there's going to be games there's going to be tv series they haven't said films yet but that would be the next logical thing so yeah it's definitely re-establishing trust when are they going to give dave filoni a feature film i think after his work on the mandalorian it's only a matter of time isn't it honestly it's yet to be seen whether he can do it for a full feature length or whether they just give him like a live action series, which I think I think they did say he was going to man one of the because we got a load of series announced, didn't we? I think he might be doing the Ahsoka live action series, right? Which they they might do that with him, like because he understands episodic nature, doesn't he? So yeah. maybe we'll just see him doing all the Disney Plus live action series. Like I can't wait for a Dave Filoni Ahsoka six part series. Yeah, I just think it's so long overdue, man. Like, I just think that he's literally the saving grace of Star Wars at this point. He really is. I know that there's other people as well. And John Favreau as well. Yeah, I was going to say John Favreau as well. But just, man, Dave's crushed it. I think think that Disney really don't fully know how much Dave has kind of impacted the perception of Star Wars 
for he's for the fans. golden goose right now isn't he like yeah. he yeah, just yeah. keeps shitting out golden egg after golden egg and i think they do realize it but they just haven't pushed him up to doing a feature at the moment i think for disney at the moment disney plus is where it's been at for the last couple of years and i think with star wars this is where it's at because i think they've noticed like dwindling box office whereas mandalorian and clone wars is doing gangbusters so i think mm-hmm. they're focusing star wars on disney plus at the moment uh whereas the mcu they're sticking with the movie which actually uh when you say it like that if you know we're saying that this is the hot cake right now for for things like star wars well then they are really they really are giving dave filoni the spotlight in that regard yeah. Th- that's what so, i think personally anyway yeah okay well only time will tell wow that's a that's a podcast right there <laughs> it sure is thank you everybody for listening um checking us out i hope it wasn't too jarring for you not having sam on board but i think richard absolutely nailed it today he's a massive star wars nerd like me and sam are anyway so so it, it was great to have you on richard thank you so much for coming on especially so last minute check us out on the socials the socials are the same for both podcasts so it's get real pod on instagram facebook twitter email addresses getrealpoduk at gmail.com if you want to write into the podcast um best way to support any podcast whether it's ours or the get real gaming one is to share us around on your socials leave us rates and reviews wherever you listen to us if you head over to Podchaser, then if you leave us five stars and leave us a review on there then it syndicates it to everywhere where you can leave a review for a podcast um so that'll be apple uh amazon uh iheart radio all those sorts of places it'll send your reviews out to all of them don't forget to follow us on spotify and yeah richard do you want to pitch the get real gaming podcast finally i normally do it but you can do it because yeah that sounds good thanks uh again chris obviously for having me on it was super fun to talk about star wars um if you're somebody that likes star wars maybe you also like video games if you are somebody like video games then uh i'm the host of get real gaming which is the show where we talk about uh games news reviews and releases i also have my own co-host lawrence if you love games just as much as you love tv and film it's the show for you i think our most recently we've been talking a lot about the epic and apple lawsuit we put episodes out every monday you put them yeah. out on wednesday do you know what you're talking about this wednesday uh, absolutely not no idea yet It'll, yeah it's too far out we'll probably talk a bit about resident evil village because that's just dropped yeah um, absolutely so that'll be fun to chat about too so but yeah if you if you like video games of any type any type we we talk about board games as well sometimes it's just it's just a good old laugh so come and check us out there if you if you enjoy us amazing thank you so much for listening guys thank you again richard for coming on and we will see you all next monday oh also by the way we're putting stuff up on youtube again so check us out there okay thank you bye 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 now bye Hello and welcome back to Get Real. It's the show where we get real talking about TV, comics, and movie news. I'm not your host, Richard. And with me is the real host, Chris.